compact formation here. First and 10 from the SMU 29. Play action, throw across the middle. Wide open! Andrew Anthony walks into the end zone. Touchdown, Oklahoma! Interesting to watch here now. The SMU punt returner may have misjudged the one. It's blocked! Sooners blocked it, and it goes out of bounds. Over at the 40-yard line, it was Peyton Bowen that got it. Blake Smith in motion, now moves into the backfield. Fake handoff, rolls left, wide open. Blake Smith, touchdown! Handoff again. Knighton finds a hole left side. Watch out. 50 into Sooner territory. Key Lawrence chases. He knocks the ball out loose. It's on the field. Recovered by Stutzman. There's your turnover. Key Lawrence knocked it out of the hands of Jalen Knighton. And guess who was there? Danny Boy. Throw, slant, caught by Farouk at the 10, breaks a tackle, makes a move! Touchdown! Double OQ! And he left the pony laundry on the field! Gabriel dumps to Major, caught, nice catch, 25, first down at the 20, get off me to the 10, down the sidelines to the 5, leaping into the end zone, Marcus Major, galloping past Mustangs, touchdown! Back to pass Stone, throws it too high, picked off by Harrington! And you can unhitch the wagon. And I've never meant this more than tonight. Put the ponies in the barn. Victory! That's two in a row. We win one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. And they stay there. And they stay there. And they stay there. Oh, that's great. I, I never know what to expect there. For some reason, it's still stuck in my head that it's going to be Lou Holtz going, <laughs> It could be next week. Depending on what we have to talk about after the game, who knows? Oh, my god! What drama it, will find us next? Only next week will tell us. Let the record show that I'm not oohing and on the entire broadcast. That happened to be uh, a hand-selected grouping of the only plays where I did I that. Was, okay? uh, I was about to say, I mean, dang, uh, CBS gives OU a B over the weekend, but judging by those highlight calls, it was an A+. Jeez. You were uh, impressed. Impressed with everything. I was impressed with those five or six plays, Tyler, okay? No, there was some impressive stuff out there. There's no doubt about that. Hey, when is the last time we could say at the University of Oklahoma that the best player on the team is a defensive player? Uh, Does it feel that way right now with Stutzman? Am I wrong? I mean, I don't – it it, (laughs) – Or like the best three players, defensive players right now. Okay, you know, um, it's 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 been a while, man. And he was the best player on the field. The best thing about Saturday was wearing twenty eight and crimson, man. Yeah. He was all over the place. And a, a popular question yesterday, or even Saturday night, man, that was the best game by an OU linebacker since. And a lot of people quickly commented with uh, Kenneth Murray, the game that he had against yeah. Army. And statistically, that that was a good game. But, man, given the opponent on Saturday, how respected offensively they are, 
Like I think I think we need to go further back than that because I I think that what Stutzman did against SMU was more impressive than what Kenneth Murray did against Army. Yeah, he's I mean just everywhere. And of course, there's a fumble down the field. Guess who's there, there to pick is. it up, man? I mean, I so spotted so impressed the fumble Ruski play, spotted the reverse play, uh, provided pressure on the quarterback multiple times. Uh, he was all over the place, and you know. It's not just the production plays. It's not just the box score. Just the the command of the defense. And come on, I you don't have to be an expert watching Oklahoma football to recognize that the defense is far more organized this year than they were a year ago. And now credit a bunch of guys for that, but the voice right there in the middle, the quarterback of the defense, Stutzman, is you know, probably has the, you know, some of the biggest share in that in getting everyone lined up and, and being a voice out there that can communicate things. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Big 12 player, defensive player of the week. and uh, National the, player of the week. Is that what it was? I didn't see that one. Yeah, yeah, I just that, saw the Big 12. Yeah, that one came out yesterday, man. He was nice. national defensive. Quinn Ewers was the offensive, uh, national offensive player of the week. Okay. Danny Stutzman was uh, was was that defensively nationally and well deserved. Well, well He's, deserved, man. I mean, against an offense that's you know doesn't necessarily play in a phone booth like Army, mm-hmm. he was. It did not matter, man. Twenty eight was in on every single play, and we had such high expectations for him coming into the year like yeah. highest expectations we've had for an OU linebacker going into the year in a long time and I think his last three games and I'm going back to the cheese it bowl against Florida State his last three games have been the best three probably in his OU career yeah he lit up the stat sheet for a great game Saturday he didn't necessarily do that against Arkansas State but he was good in that game as well he's yep. been everything and even a little bit more that this defense has needed so far this year. So huge, big-time kudos to him, man. No, I agree. I thought he was awesome. And, you know, yeah, the Kenneth Murray Army game, but we came away from that being pissed off at our defense. <laughs> you know? So yeah, and, and a little bit easier a little bit of different. a game for a linebacker to have those type of not, – not take anything away from Kenneth Murray, but – like right. That's, that's a better offense players. they faced, yeah. They're different players in a different scheme. Um but I that that was that was fun to watch. And here's the other thing: there's some other uh, defensive guys that played well. Uh, also, I've got a whole list of guys after I went through the through the game and all kinds of notes and stuff to talk about the uh, the performance. Offensively, though, Tyler McComas left a little bit to be desired. Weird day, man. And yeah. <sighs> Let me ask you this: Did Saturday okay. feel? Did Saturday feel almost what it's felt like since Jeff Levy took over as offensive coordinator? In that, when the offense is hot, man, they're rolling and they'll score on back-to-back drives with ease. But when it's cold, it's it's cold. It, it feels like it's either really, really hot with this offense, and mm-hmm. they're scoring in about four plays, or it's cold and. They'll go three, four consecutive drives and only have about, you know, a combined one or two first downs. There's no – it doesn't feel like there's a whole lot of in-between with this offense. It's either really good or kind of really bad. Yeah. No, that's true. Um, it's hard to really put put your finger on 
Well, I mean, there's some things that are obvious. Um, I, I, the first couple of things that, that pop off to me is I really expected to see Anderson and Gibson out there more. Um, I expected to see more shots down the field. But I don't know because I think there also may be another aspect to this. And I'm not suggesting we weren't trying to score, but I am suggesting that perhaps there is a concerted effort to call the game more conservatively to start to help playing to your defense some. Um you know, I, I don't know. That's just, just a thought. Um, even if that is the case, though, we had too many mistakes, too many missed opportunities, and not. Now, I will say the SMU's defensive line is pretty daggum good. Yeah, they're they're starters. Um, so and give they, them credit. They for that. showed it on Saturday, man. They yeah. they control things up front in that first half. But you know, even if we are making an effort to call a more conservative uh, style of game to, to perhaps slow things down a little bit, uh, we still have to have more success. There's no doubt about that. You said you were surprised there weren't more deep balls. I was surprised there wasn't, like, any deep balls on, on yeah, Saturday. No kidding. You know, with, with something that's it, – it's just such a big part of this offense, man. They, they love throwing the deep balls. They love getting one-on-one, and it just it, – it never – it never happened. The rotations, I thought, were were odd. Just the players that we didn't see um, running back. I, Tommy Walker played a really good game, but I, I thought we'd see more than three total carries from Barnes and Sawchuck. Just everything offensively was just weird, man. Yeah. And then all that being said, they closed out the game really well and had two clutch touchdowns when you needed it. I'm not saying yeah. that that should totally override everything else that we saw on Saturday, but it just kind of goes to how hot and cold this offense seemingly has been since Levy took over as the OC. When it gets hot, and they got hot late, when it got to 14-11, and they go down and get two touchdowns, it was just a really a weird, weird night. And we were asked the question, I think on Wednesday, on the text line, would you guys rather win this game 24-3, or would you rather win it 48-28? I don't know that those were the exact scores, but... You get the yep. idea. It's pretty close. Something like that, yeah. And I said 24-3, to and I don't even have to think twice about it. Now, it wasn't mm-hmm. necessarily 24-3, to but it wasn't that far off, and yet it still felt very weird winning it 28-11. Um, do you know how many three and outs we had offensively? No, I'm going to guess five. Zero. Oh, huh. interesting. We did have two. I definitely would have guessed that. I know. That's I, I just wanted to, to try and get a look at it to – to make sure sometimes what we feel about it isn't always the case. Now, there were two four-and-out punts, but we had a six-play-and-punt to start the game. Um, there was an eight-play-and-punt in there. There was a nine-play-and-punt. There was an 11-play turnover on downs, didn't get the fourth. Um, interesting, right? So that kind of that's partly what I'm talking about with the – is there a is there a concerted effort to maybe call a little bit more conservative uh, style of game plan? I don't know. It's just a thought um, because late in the game, 
whenever they needed to get things going after SMU went down and scored that touchdown to get it tight because it was 14-3, and there was really, at least in my opinion, it never felt like SMU was ever it you know threatening to win that game. But then they score that touchdown, and all of a sudden it's 14-11, and it's like, oh, boy. Yep. Here we go and again then, is what it felt like at, right. at that time. And then guess what happens? Offense goes right down the field and scores a touchdown. We have a four and out on defense, and then a three-play touchdown drive uh, after that, and the game is pretty much wrapped up. So I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah, but, I, I would just like to see, and maybe you're onto something there, but even at 14-3, to I'd like to see a kill shot happen. You, you know what I mean? Like I'd like to stay aggressive and get yeah. that to 21-3, 28-3 or whatever, and then after you're up multiple scores, mm-hmm. you can call the game that way. That's fine, but I, I, I like put it to bed a little bit more before 14-3 is where I'm I at agree. with that. Now, one of the things that um, – now, I mentioned the Gibson and Anderson, and I guess even throw Pedway in there. I don't think Pedway played a single snap. No. I nope. think Anderson had just a handful, and Gibson was like one or two, and Pedway was zero. Um, and we didn't push the ball down the field for whatever reason, and I think there were some looks there where we had the opportunity. Um, I don't know. It was it was a curious I'll tell you a play, game. a single play that I know a few people had an issue with. Yeah. So it, it was as much of a deep ball as they threw all night long. Would it have been the third or fourth quarter? They're going, yeah, it would have been the fourth because they're going to the north end zone. I think it's a first or second down. They throw to the corner of the end zone, and it's Drake Stoops. And people like Drake Stoops, you know that. Mm-hmm. But in that situation, it did feel like Nick Anderson, Jaden Gibson, taller wide receiver, maybe more suited for that fade ball than yeah. Drake Stoops is at that at that moment. Yeah. Well, I thought after week one they throw the ball up to uh, Gibson over there in the corner two times and have success with it. I was like, okay, well, I think everyone saw what they needed to see. They're going to keep throwing some stuff like that to him every game until you know, he proves that he can't make the play routinely. And we didn't see it. No. I, that, that was strange. Now, um, there were, there still was some really good stuff offensively to talk about. I we're just <laughs> it, it, we're just so used to having like great offense and complaining about defense that this is such a shock to the system, right? To have good defense and like and this isn't even bad. I wouldn't even con- like call it bad offense. It's just not the standard of what we're used to. Um, so it's just a weird dynamic, I think. I mean, even Saturday at one point um, in the second quarter, it's like, golly, man, they are struggling to run the ball right now. It doesn't feel like they can get a push. Backs are making mm-hmm. plays. And then what? Did they start that drive on their own five-yard line? And they essentially ran the ball all the way down the field to go up 14-3. You, you remember yeah. that drive, their second oh, touchdown yeah. drive? And it's like, it oh, like okay, a- well, maybe they're about to run it well from here. It's just It was so hot and cold. 13-play, 94-yard touchdown drive. That's pretty impressive. And I don't know. I can look it up to see how many runs were on there, but it was it was a lot. The Let's see. We ran it the first two times, then passed it, then run, 
run, run, run, four in a row, then a pass, and then four more runs, and then a pass to to get it in the end zone. Pretty nice it's like drive. Just when you form, you know, you formed a thought offensively on Saturday, good or bad, like the opposite would happen. Uh, I, I remember early in the game, like, geez, Marcus Major got the start, but that was not a great opening series by him. Not super impressed with him early on, and then he has an incredible play late to ice the game. It's weird. I wouldn't, and maybe it's just the way things have unfolded a little bit, but it appears that Marcus Major's a little bit better out in space than he is between the tackles. I, I, that's what I saw on Saturday. Yeah. And now Tawi was, he was pretty daggum good no matter where he got the football, running through tackles and carrying guys and pushing the pile and spinning out and stepping through arm tackles. It's pretty impressive from uh, performance from him all the way around. Uh, we got a ton of text. Yeah. Luckily, we have a lot of time to try and get to uh, as many as we can today. 405. 651-3439. Keep it coming on the Kidippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. We'll get to a ton of those next segment, or at least yep. try to. Yes. Let's hit a quick timeout, opening timeout here from Newcastle Casino, I-44, exit 107. Uh, I'm hanging out here in front of the front row sports bar. They've got off-track betting. Uh, they got bartenders making drinks. we got TVs everywhere. Good place to come watch Monday Night Football. Uh, opening timeout. We'll be back hitting some of those text messages next. Talking Sooner football is what we do. This is The Ref. You're simply the best. This fall, Riverwind is the best place to play. And the best music. To start your emergency preparedness plan today. Brought to you by FEMA and the Ad Council. It is a reaction Monday on the rush. Tyler McComas, Teddy Lehman. Let's get to the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Spence in Tulsa says, for entertainment purposes only, was anyone else worried about giving up a field goal for a backdoor cover on SMU's last drive before Justin Harrington's pick? Because I sure was. There was some scoreboard watching going on. You locked OU, so I know you were in that camp. I was. I was, um, there was scoreboard watching going on for sure, and I love that the University of Oklahoma head football coach Brent Venables, I, they must have been feeling really good because he trusted to keep those younger kids in at backer and some other spots the last couple of drives of the game, and for the most part, other than a couple of penalties, you know, the downs penalty, the face mask, that stuff's going to happen. You can't blame him for that. And then the uh, PJ had the hands to the face, which is a chicken you-know-what call. It was pathetic. Um, but some of that stuff's going to happen. Other than that, I thought the young guys played pretty good. Blue Whale Sooner says, couple of thoughts. Well, really, he has five thoughts here. <laughs> One, we have no game breaker at running back. Mm-hmm. Two, DG has blinders on at times, still not seeing wide-open guys. Three, coaches kept talent sitting on the sideline while the offense sputtered. Four, they're going to get JFA killed running him up the gut like that. Five, JFA still has not ran meaningful, significant offensive snaps up by 50, and fourth and one doesn't count. Sorry for the long text. Frustrating performance. Defense was great, thank God. Huh. I, yeah. That's a pretty good summation of 
the offensive uh, performance or offensive uh, game plan that we witnessed on Saturday. I agree. I don't. I don't know. I'm curious about the Jackson Arnold package that they're running. Like quarterback power is a good play, but I, for instance, Kansas State runs quarterback power. But Will Howard is six foot six, two hundred and fifty-five pounds. He's gigantic. He's built for that play. Yeah, he's for sure. built for that. Like Blake Bell, Belldozer. We put Blake Bell in there and ran quarterback power, quarterback sweep, quarterback ISO, because he is a gigantic human being. Not really Jackson Arnold's forte. Um, now, I'm hoping. It's gamesmanship, and we're showing quarterback power and inside stuff with Jackson Arnold, and whenever we put him out there in a game, a conference game, a big-time game, perhaps OU Texas, we've shown a bunch of interior stuff, gap scheme stuff, and we get him out on the perimeter where he's actually best, but you know that again this is all just guessing i don't know but i agree um we already got one quarterback killed running that play he's over there on crutches and in a boot pregame um let's not do it to our back well especially with you know what like you have tolly walker as a back too <laughs> I, I feel like it would be a lot easier just to say all right well we can still do some things with him in the run game but tolly walker i bet's pretty good and third and fourth and short as well i'm hoping it's bait i'm hoping it's bait 402 danny stutzman gets ejected for targeting in a game are we in big trouble that's i don't even like saying that one out loud well think about perhaps how different that game could have been if wasn't targeting and i never really saw a good replay of it but the one that i did see was i mean can you ever definitively say that they're not going to flag it for targeting? It's hard to these days. Yeah. So it would, you're kind of left up to a judgment call by an official, and you hate to be in that position. It would not be ideal if Danny Stutzman were to get ejected for targeting. However, uh, with some with the way that some of these guys are playing at back, backer, especially Kip Lewis, yeah, it wouldn't be better. There's no way it would be better. But they've got some... Really, that was just a way to bring up Kip Lewis is what that was and how good <laughs> right. of a player he already is. Right. No, I mean, it is interesting. And, frankly, although we've got really good depth at some select places, there's other places where a targeting, an injury, an ejection, whatever it is, we're still it can be in a, a, a precarious situation at a, at a handful of of different positions out there. 405, some texters refuse to be happy or satisfied with anything the team does on the field. They can eh. play a perfect game, and some of them would find something to complain about. Well, that's true, but we also need that because we got to have something to talk about, and that's what we do, man. That's, that's what this is. Let's not forget that this is entertainment. We are. We're going to critique. We're going to scrutinize. We're going to. We're going to give opinion on what we think is good and what we think is bad, and where we need improvement, and what has surprised us, and 
what the future looks like and how does it compare to the past. That's just what we do. So I know sometimes it can be frustrating, but if you just go with the flow, you're not going to get mad at it. If that texture wants some good news, I'll, I'll, I'm your Huckleberry. I'll, I'll give you some good news here. Um, okay. The score was 14-11 in the fourth quarter, and everyone in the stadium looked at each other and thought, oh, God, here we go again. Yeah. And I think Brent mentioned in the postgame press conference that last year, last year's team might find a way to lose that game. But not only did they not lose it, I thought the best complimentary football that they played all night long started once SMU cut the lead to 14-11. Yeah. From there, like from there after, defense, defensively, offensively, they, they, that was complimentary football more than we saw all night long. They played yeah. really well after that. I agree. So, I, agree. I mean, I, I think we can look at that and say there's some growth. I, I'm going to choose and to look at that and say that that shows growth, but that's definitely one of – one of, if not the most positive thing that happened on Saturday. We were we were in a, a spot that could have turned ugly really, really quick. And they stayed calm, trusted one another, made the plays required to not only win the game, Tyler, but cover the spread. Unbelievable. <laughs> you tell me when it's 14-11 after the push-off in the end zone that OU's going to cover, I'm, I'm not believing it. What else we got on the text line? I think we only hit one or two. Uh, Kendall says, stop avoiding the elephant in the room. (laughs) Thought we were moving on. Okay. Well, is there there an elephant in the room? I feel like the steam has come out of uh, that situation quite a bit. After the press conference today, Levy said his piece. I, I feel like it's very much so. Like we, well, we, it really feels like Brent will comment on it tomorrow. He'll be asked about it tomorrow. Then we'll really be past it. But this is not what it felt like 24 hours ago after he changed the profile picture on Instagram. Well, I'll tell you my perspective on it real quickly, if you like. Um, I think it is uh, one of the largest overreactions to a nothing burger I've ever seen. It's unbelievable. Just so we're clear, the University of Oklahoma, we didn't have Art Bryles in the pregame hype video, did we? Did I miss that? We didn't have Art Hmm. Bryles down uh, walking around on the sideline during the game, did we? Was he out there standing in the huddle? Does he have a nickname? Uh, Two twelve degrees will get you from (laughs) art to farts. Is that what it was in the pregame video? Yeah, I... I mean, I think it was – now, I expected some type of reaction, but my goodness, someone has a family member that's down in the massive scrum of people post-game. It's it's wild to me, you know. I – hey, and and it's not like I don't know the past. I do know the whole situation – with Art Bryles at Baylor, but again, like, let me ask this simple question. Had this had the same thing occurred and Art Bryles wasn't wearing an OU shirt, just like a, which it would have been a, a, a long sleeve dry fit, no matter what it was, it seems to be that's the only thing he wears. he wears. Yeah, but if he just had a, a black nike or under armor long sleeve dry fit are we having the conversation is it just because he's wearing the ou 
Uh, I'm sure there would be outrage if he was just wearing something neutral. Just the fact that he was there. I don't know. I, maybe he should have gone all out and wore the Sooner Schooner hat. And I was surprised by the reaction uh, in the statement that Joe C. put out. This is the University of Oklahoma. Are we are we fearful that the culture around our football program is going to cave just with the presence of Art Bryles out there around his family on the football field? I, I, I mean, I, I think you you gave it way more, uh, way more attention than it ever deserved. I mean, he's down there with his family. It, Levy said it. After the game, it's the grandfather to his children, which, by the way, the only grandfather to his children. It's, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm, I knew there'd be some pushback, but the amount and the speed, I was, I was pretty much shocked by. It's not as if, like, it's some huge endorsement of Art Bryles. I don't know. I thought the whole thing was was very curious. Well, there's elephant one of many that we have to address today. I was wrong about another elephant. I thought they were going to roll Texas on Saturday, and my take got rolled, uh, essentially, on on Quinn Ewers. One more before we hit a break, 903. At what part of the game Saturday does Jackson Arnold take over? I have that answer for you. Jackson Arnold will take over on Saturday when OU has a 28-point lead. 28 points. Is 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 Gabriel really getting crap for Saturday's performance? I, I didn't think he was, like, elite by any stretch, but I didn't think that Dylan Gabriel was bad. Like, for the way the game was called and the personnel that was used, Sam and Edmund said this on our postgame show, and I, I thought it was well put. For, for, like, how the game unfolded and how the game was called, Dylan Gabriel did as well as he, he could have in that, in that scenario, in that situation. I was, I was I, fine with the way that he played. I think I only saw... Was I'm, I'm trying to remember one or two inaccurate balls. Like there was two drops, one overthrow to Drake Stoops that I thought was a great ball. I mean that's not an inaccurate throw. That's a great throw. It was just you know he he couldn't quite get to it. So I I thought Dylan Gabriel was good. Now maybe he needs to be a little more aggressive on some throws, and they want him to to go ahead and pull the trigger and fit it into some tighter windows and. You know, take some more opportunities. I'm not sure about that, but I, I, I didn't think that that was. I didn't think Dylan Gabriel was no. the reason for. And in the, fact, uh, the slow some of the things that we wanted to see him improve on, um, intermediate passes in the middle of the field. I thought there were a few critical third downs where he threw some really nice uh, balls on a slant that got a first down. Yeah, no, I just. I mean, I, again, I don't think he was exceptional. I thought he played. A lot better in his first game, but the offense was opened up a lot more in the first game. He was, he well, was, he was fine. A, he was, he, he wasn't an issue. They played a much different team in the game one and game two. Yeah. Again, SMU is, uh, I think that's a good football team. We'll see how they perform the rest of the year, but they look pretty good. All right, quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Our number one. <laughs> Shout out to Jim in Arlington. He really wanted to hear uh, Joey McGuire say everything runs through Lubbock today after Tech is now 0-2 on the season. Much better performance against Oregon on Saturday than the loss to Wyoming, but 
Tech is uh, Tech is still 0-2. I tell you what they could need, and I guess it's back in Norman now because a week ago we said, oh, geez, that was OU's first special team touchdown since when? Well, how far back do we have to go, and maybe someone's found this out already, how far back do we have to go to find back-to-back games where OU's made a big special teams play? I don't know. Long time. Yeah, and I heard the post game from Peyton Bowen that he wasn't even supposed to be rushing the punter on that play. Correct, yes. Um, that's one of those where you, <laughs> it's a good thing you blocked the punt, you know. <laughs> hey, uh, players are going to make plays. If you got the opportunity, you see a window to go do something big and you can pull it off without it messing up your responsibility or getting a penalty or something like that. Go do it, I guess. Yeah, there, there are some players that, um, you know, maybe they're not supposed to be doing this particular thing on a play, and somehow they make a big mm-hmm. play. Not comparing him to Roy Williams, but that's probably the first thing everyone thinks about. There you, that's right. Um, Peyton Bowen did that, and it's just another glimpse into what what he could be. I mean, he's really I good he right well. now. He's really good right now, but, man, that feels like the sky's the limit for that kid. Yep. I thought he played well. Um I, I I really did. He uh, he was one of the guys that I had. I had I thought Stutzman played well. Obviously, I thought Trace Ford had a nice game. I thought Luulu had a nice game. Uh, Billy Bowman, Peyton Bowen, Ethan Downs. I thought had a had a nice day. Real strong performance. Kip Lewis uh, had another really productive for the amount of snaps that he was in and the production that he had. Continues to be a factor anytime he's out there. Can, I thought. Can I Key comment Lawrence, on? Can, can yeah. I comment on Kip just real quick? So everyone, everyone's got that take today. Yeah, Kip Lewis was awesome, and he was. But people are mostly talking about how he played at linebacker. One of my favorite plays from him on Saturday. He's running his ass down the field on punt coverage and lights a dude up early in the game. That's right. Yeah, and then gets dinged up a little bit. Right. I think it looked like it was a shoulder running off the field. So I said to myself, uh, mm, "Let's see if Kip Lewis is back." So he gets dinged up a little bit early in the game on punt coverage and still comes back and has that type of game. Yep. No, I I I really like him. Now, another thing to watch, they did it again for a handful of snaps. Played Danny Stutzman at the Mike Backer spot and played Kip Lewis at the will. Venables is going to keep throwing that rotation out there and giving Stutzman a little bit of time at the Mike Backer in case – uh, Kanick and and the guys playing Mike don't you know don't come around as quickly as he wants them to and that could be something to look for as the season rolls on. Yeah. Okay. So this is a question to you and the text line. I guess where are we at right now with this defense? We I think we can all acknowledge, at least I hope, that they're better than what they were last year. But just how much better? Like what do we currently think now in terms of expectation levels with the defense? Because doing it against Arkansas State was one thing, but that's a good SMU offense, man. They they shut them down. Yeah, I I I'm. I mean, sometimes you don't know, but I feel like that's going to be a pretty good SMU team. Um, I really do. The main reason is because playing in the American, I I can't imagine they're going to go up against a better. They're going to see a better offensive line than they have or a better defensive line than they have. And they've got a good quarterback. They've got good skill players spread throughout, good schemes. 
So I I tend to think that they're going to. I would I would lean on them to win the the American right now. But it's, I've obviously it, it's seen more SMU of them than or Tulane, else. and and SMU doesn't play Tulane in the regular season. So SMU does play TCU in Fort Worth in a couple of weeks. It's probably the toughest game they have left. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. Well. Um. Yeah, I, I, when it comes to the defense, how good are they? Um, I think they're, I think they're pretty good. I feel like they're, they're light years better than they were last year. Are are we going to end up being a, uh, a top ten, top fifteen defense? I don't know. I mean, I think they're probably there right now. And I think you'll have a good chance to stay there statistically against um, against Tulsa. But it's going to start to get way more difficult. You know, what are we? We're, we're number six in the country right now in scoring D, giving up five and a half points a game. Um, we got to be, you know, doing pretty good. I mean, we're within the the – right around the top 25 in yards per game, but it's all massively skewed this early. Um, I, I I, don't – I mean, can you – is there a glaring weakness that you've seen right no. now? No, and, and this is just another point that we're going to get to later on, but like corner depth, they even showed they had that on Saturday, which has yeah. been a long time since we, we've seen any sort of corner depth on an OU defense. Yeah, I, told, we, I told you Friday. we got corner depth that we still got – you know, perhaps the starter hurt in yeah. Wagner. I told you Friday that if OU had another really good perf- uh, defensive performance against SMU, I'm going to move forward here with some real expectations on this OU defense. Well, they had another really good defensive performance. So to answer the question I just asked you in the text line, today as it sits today with the evidence that we have through two, two, two games, my expectations now are a top 30 defense. And that could improve even more as we move forward here. They shut down Tulsa, shut down Cincinnati. Like, we roll into that Texas game, and they're giving up eight points per game. Like, I, I'm top 30 right now. I think that that's where I expect them to be, at least by the end of the year. But that could change Yeah, if they continue to get better. Yeah, well. Is that too, is that too aggressive? I don't think so. I mean, they're in a really good spot right now to finish in the top 30. In the top eight right uh, in scoring defense. Yeah. Number one scoring defense in the Big 12 uh, at the moment, uh, just ahead of the KSU Wildcats. So, yeah, I don't think that's I don't think that's unreasonable. We'll see how it unfolds and see if they can if they stay healthy at the right spots. And, you know, some stuff like that could still disrupt things, but it feels pretty good, man. It really does. All right, quick time out. More from the rush coming up. We'll wrap up hour number one next. This is your home for Sooner fans. The Ref Sports Radio Network. Introducing the next generation at Dorsey Jones Buick GMC in El Reno. And we're talking Sierras. 2023 GMC Sierra 1500 Crew Cab SLT 5.3. Take up to 7250 off MSRP when you trade in your 2000. Much better than last year. Still some small issues to clean up, but overall, a solid performance against an ACC powerhouse. Yeah. Nice. Not a whole lot of... um. What, because last week we talked about, well, there's a couple of uh, coverage busts against Arkansas State. SMU will test you. If you don't have any coverage busts, that'll be impressive. Not much to speak from on, on that end. No. You know, uh, Kenai Walker, they hit a little double move on him. It was a great throw and catch. 
he still had pretty good coverage on it. We had a decent pass Preston rush. They Stone just, made a couple of throws on yeah, Saturday, man. It's like, whoa. He did. You know, that over route that Bowman, it looked like he was going to intercept, and the receiver came right at the last second and snagged it. I mean, that's just a great throw and catch. Canick's got to get back into that hook better and affect that throw. And, you know, if it was the old days, Bowman would have absolutely destroyed that wide receiver right there. Um, you know, they hit us on that fourth down where we had the all-out blitz, and Bowman should have peeled on that that back. He was, that he, guy I think paid he was just, for it. That guy did get yeah, hit after that play. By Robert Spears Jennings Yep, uh, with a really nice hit. Um, you know, there was just a, a handful of plays, you know, Trace Ford got got peeled out of his gap on that long run that Key Lawrence ended up make, causing that fumble on, and Stutzman was a little slow to hit his gap, but we ended up having a good result out of that. I mean, there was just a handful of of, of plays like that, that that they were able to get going, and like the, the pass interference that Canick had, and then what we had, another pass interference in the end zone was that uh, Peyton Bowen had it. Like Those are, those are tough calls, and pretty good coverage that just kind of didn't go your way there so it wasn't missed tackle here and open wide receiver by 10 yards there and you know quarterback standing in the pocket for 10 minutes like it was the things that they hit they they earned even on their longest i don't know if it ended up being their longest run play it at least looked like it was going to be their longest run play of the day ou ends up getting the ball because key lawrence punches the ball out and it felt like, I, I don't know, it just felt like you were so snake bit last year during the 6-7 and seven year that even if you were to make that play last year, that ball rolls out of bounds and SMU retains right. possessions. But it just, I don't know, man, it feels like the luck is maybe turned a little bit when it comes to defense and special teams. And it's yeah. amazing when, you know, high-level play, you're in the right spot this time around compared to sure. years previous. No, I, I just, think, I just uh, have a very good vibe with defense and special teams. At this feels good moment. right now. Feels good right now. Uh, Got to keep stacking some some good wins up. I think that I have a feeling that Cincinnati game is going to be. Yeah, I guess they're good. I didn't expect yeah. that, but I guess they're pretty good. It's going to be a little more um, eleven a.m. difficult game. Official yeah. eleven a.m. kickoff for that one. Yeah. All right. Quick timeout. More from the rush coming up. Keep hitting the text line. We'll get to some of those next hour. 651-3439. Knippelmeyer text line. Quick break here from Newcastle Casino. Stay with us. You're listening to the home of 